guys. You guys doing good? Yeah, like Tom said, you guys finished the shopping. You guys all good? Anybody still got to run out? Come on, last minute. Yeah, where's my procrastinators? Come on, guys. Yeah, all right, I like that. That's me too. Hey, um, I got a good word for you guys tonight. Uh, and this is interesting. It's a word that God gave me to preach on, this idea, this message, this theme. Like, actually, a couple more than a couple weeks ago, a couple months back, uh, and there's so many ways that you can do, go with the Christmas message and, and who God is and what Jesus represents. And he wanted me to speak on peace because Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And I wanted to talk about peace, but there's like stuff going on in my life. I'm like, you sure you want me to talk about peace, God? Because I don't know about you, but I haven't had the greatest 2019. Anybody feel me out there? Like 2019 was like kind of tough, kind of rough. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I want to talk about it. Because I think even in the midst of things that I've recently been through, God is actually revealing himself and showing himself true in what we're going to talk about tonight. So as much as I would say, no, I don't know if I can say this, I actually have to say I'm going to be preaching from personal experience tonight, knowing that my God is real. Let me just tell you this. Like, as a pastor, I grew up a pastor's kid. So that means I've seen a lot of preachers and teachers and pastors and ministers, and uh, a lot of them kind of do it for the job. Now, not, not all of them. I'm not trying to diss everybody, but uh, a lot of times it's a good word that's maybe based on theory. And tonight, I just want to let you guys know, I'm not preaching from a place of theory. I'm preaching from a place of God actually works. Peace actually works. It's ruling and reigning in my life. I can't understand it, but good things are happening in spite of bad things happening around me, that God is really true. He's really faithful. He is who he says he is. So I just want to set the, the kind of the premise and let you guys know this stuff is real and it's for real. So lean into peace tonight. Amen? Is that good? Okay, so here's the title of my message, Give Me Some Peace uh, there's a lot of good stuff that goes on in our life that doesn't give us peace. In fact, I'm just going to share a story that happened to me last night because it's super relevant. So here's a situation where I had the, um, the opposite of peace, like the reverse peace, the anti-peace, the uh, character, or, or sorry, chaos or confusion or like stress, right? So just a little life example. Uh, last night rolls around. I live in an apartment right down the street in Kaneohe here. And um, it's just two bedrooms and one bathroom. And I had my son. He's home from college. He's hanging out with me, staying over. I didn't have my daughters with me, so good. I'll, you'll know why in a minute here. But it was just me and my son. And he had to go out. He had to go to winter ball or something with his friends. And he went out to have a good time. So he left Chihu for the winter ball. Right? I like that. Anybody? Winter balls in the house. Everybody love the winter ball. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> But this guy likes a winter ball. Right on, brother. I, I appreciate that. So here's the deal. He goes out to his winter ball, and I'm just like left at home alone. And then here's where my reverse piece actually starts to take a hold. Is I go to discover, and I don't know whose fault it was or whatever, but the toilet is clogged. How many of you guys are already know that's a bad day when your toilet gets clogged? And there was like, we're talking about peace here tonight? No peace. I was not at peace. I was not happy. There was a piece in there, but that's another story. We're just, don't, hey, come on. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. So, okay, so anyway, here's my problem. Now I got to run around to like Long's, to Safeway. I'm looking at all this stuff. I only moved in there like two months ago. I don't even own a plunger yet. And besides, a plunger is nasty for what was happening there. I don't want to touch that. So I wanted to get that Drano stuff where you just pour it down and flush and everything's all good. You guys know what I'm talking about? That liquid, they have that stuff. It's cool. Nobody had it. Everywhere I went, nobody had that stuff. So I was like super freaked out, scared, like what if I got to use this thing, like whatever. And then my son's going to come home super late at night. I'll be asleep already. What if he tries to like, 
use the facilities, right? Flush the toilet, yeah. And that would be bad, right? All over the ground. And anyway, that's too graphic. But I'm freaking out, no peace, just freaking out like, oh man, what's gonna happen? I'm, I can't do this, I don't have a plunger, nothing's open, whatever. And so finally I'm just like, I, there's nothing I can do about this. So I just write a note and tape it to the toilet. Please do not use, uh, dad will fix this in the morning, pee in the shower if you have to, good night. And I just like walked away. And I went to bed in peace because like my, my solution to that, and then today I had to figure this thing out. But think about this. That's like silly, and that's like a small little thing that causes stress. But little things like that, imagine you get two or three of those in one day. You lost all peace altogether. Now I want you guys to think about your 2019. Think about the stuff that may have caused you to not feel peace in 2019. Maybe it has to do with your job. Maybe you didn't get the position you wanted. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe it's just you're arguing constantly with your boss or the employees or the coworkers. Or think about relationships that you've lost. I had a, I had a rough one, a rough year in that, that regard. And some of you guys know my story. But, but maybe you've, you've suffered from sickness or health or, or something like that. And it's just been a battle. And, and maybe you're overworked. Maybe you have tough times going on with disciplining your kids and they're going wild and you know who knows what's going on maybe it's automotive trouble did anybody have your car break down at all this year that's not fun yeah just being broke and broken down on the side of the road but think of all the different things some of us have lost people this year that's not fun that's a that's a type of stress that just doesn't go away it's just a heavy heart it's a burden and it's just like we need to find peace somewhere and so I want to talk about that tonight Because in the Bible, there's like literally almost 800 verses where this term, this idea, this word of peace is used. In other words, God knew that we'd be having trouble in life, that there's going to be stress, there's going to be anxiety, there's going to be confusion, there's going to be us hardworking and just freaking out. And so he spoke so much about this idea of peace. And it's a really part of the Christmas story. There's a prophecy that we're going to look at right here from Isaiah, who is a prophet. And a prophet is nothing more than someone that... God tells him things to speak to other people. So God goes, hey, I want you to speak this. And a prophet is just someone that speaks forth for God. And so listen to this. 700 years before Jesus was even born in that manger, one of God's prophets, Isaiah, was told to prophesy, to tell what would happen in the future. 700 years later, this is like 2,700 years ago. And so Isaiah wrote this about the coming of Jesus and about this peace that we're talking about here tonight. And he says this in Isaiah 9, 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, and I love these names, these nicknames that describe God's character. It's almost like when, I I don't know, this is what I picture. It's like kind of like a... um, like a, 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 an MMA fight or something like that, and the guy comes out, let's get ready to rumble, right? And then he, he gives the crazy, like, the thriller from Manila or whatever, and this is like Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, right? And you can just imagine Jesus, dun, 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 right? I just, I love to think about this because Jesus is so worthy of all these nicknames, of all these names, like he really is the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the mighty God, and the prince of peace. And this is the Christmas story that this baby was going to be born. Isaiah prophesied it 700 years ago. And here's this baby born, and these angels come and announce it to shepherds, and they're like, hey, peace on earth. It's come because this baby is being born over here in this manger. So this huge part of the Christmas story is this promise to us that we can have peace in our lives. Then the little baby grows up. You guys know the story. Jesus, he came. John 14, 27, he spoke to all of his followers. And so he had died, he had risen from the grave, and he was on his way back to heaven. 
And he's getting the place ready for all of us who would believe in him. And he's like, hey, before I go, I want to leave you with something. Look what he says. I'm leaving you with a gift. Here's a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give, it's a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. And you got to know this about the peace that God's promising. Because see, the peace of the world that we all expect is when everything is going good in my world and everything kind of is all lined up, that's a good thing, then I'll experience peace. The peace that Jesus promises is he's like, no, the world can't even get it. They don't even understand it. They can't give it to you. The peace that I want to give you doesn't have to, to do with peace in the world. It's a peace that comes from inside you. That means the world may still be in turmoil. All the stuff you dealt with this year in 2019 and last minute Christmas shopping and not enough funds to do so and family dynamics and people always beefing, all of that, it might still stay there in your life. But here's what Jesus promises. I'm going to do something that's going to be a peace that comes from inside of you that doesn't even make sense to the world. And this is the peace that we're talking about. This is why he's called the Prince of Peace. I, I've been to Japan a bunch of times. And two times when I was in Japan over the course of the years, we had some of those typhoons come hit. You know, they're like hurricanes that come in from the ocean. They wipe out all kinds of people and they're swirling around. And this is what I remember two times when those typhoons hit is it would come and people are like, like strapping down their roofs and their cars and their kids are blown away and like just craziness is going on, right? Everything's swirling and circling. But as the eye of the storm passes over you, then it just goes completely dead calm and it's eerie, it's quiet. And you can walk outside and you walk around the streets and you see all the leaves and everything blowing around. Like kids, kids' dogs are up the tree. You're just like, oh, this is crazy. But then you're walking around and you're like, oh, it's all good. It's really neat. And this is this picture. Then it blows by and it gets all windy again. And, but here's a picture that I think of when Jesus says, I'm going to come and I'm going to show you some peace that comes from within you. The chaos might still be swirling around you in this world. You might still be dealing with all this kind of stuff. But I want to be the prince of peace, better than the world, that's going to allow you to feel this like as if you're just in the eye and you're protected and it's all calm and the world still swirls around you. So this is the type of peace that he's talking about here. The word in the Hebrew, the Old Testament, they use the word shalom. You guys ever heard the word shalom? Right? Shalom out. Peace out. Right? No? Okay. Well, shalom is this word, and it means more than just peace, because oftentimes we think, oh, it just means that there's an absence of conflict. But the reality is actually bigger and better than that. It's like there's an absence of conflict, but then it actually means that something better has replaced that conflict. The word shalom actually means uh, something is restored to perfect completeness or fulfillment. It actually means to make whole, to make better. It has to do with well-being, harmony, unity. In other words, all is right in the world. And so this, this term shalom that I want to talk about tonight, this peace that Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace, I just want to like reiterate to you guys tonight, I don't want to just preach a message that's just a message. I want you guys to understand that I'm living in this peace right now. And some tough stuff has happened to me. Some of you guys know, I, just, I went through a divorce this year. If I can be real with you guys, I'm, I just want to be real. And it's been heavy. But however, there's this, is that I'm coming to figure out that the peace of God is bigger than my circumstances, and it's better than my circumstances, and it doesn't depend on my circumstances. And as I walk forward, God is doing some stuff, and I'm trying to still figure it all out, and, and honestly, like, I don't have no bitterness or no confusion or, or any unforgiveness or anything like that. In fact, me and our family and my, my ex-wife now, if I can be so bold as to say that, we're actually experiencing God's peace, and it's really an amazing thing. We went to the mall the other night. We went to dinner and stuff. People are walking by like, wait, aren't, aren't they divorced? Like, what's going on over there? And yet, in the midst of it, we both would agree that 
God's peace is still ruling over whatever situation we're in. And we go out with our kids, and we're going to love our kids, and we're living our life. And I'm not trying to air all my dirty laundry. I'm just trying to make a point to say this, is that in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through, the peace of God is absolutely real. And it's really, really good. And people come up, and they ask me, oh, Pastor Girl, how are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm doing really good. My God is bigger than this situation. And it's weird. I'm working it out. But, but I have a peace in me that I don't understand. Oh, no, that's not true. You're just in denial. I'm like, no. I promise you, but I'll get unpeaceful right now if you want to fight. Like, you're in, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to know, you got to know that when I'm preaching to you guys tonight, I'm preaching from a, a place that says I would never get up on this stage and present to you something that I don't know to be true in my own life. So I'm hoping that you lean in a little bit stronger and understand that we're all in this thing together. We all need some peace. Amen? Amen. For those of you guys that don't know, that's such a churchy term. Amen just means so be it. We agree. That's good. And I like to say it. Anyway, that's terrible. But that's what it means. Amen is like, yes. And so tonight what I want to talk to you guys about is the fact that because of Christmas, because of Jesus, because of that little baby in the manger, that we can know that peace is a promise and not just a possibility. Those of us that know Jesus, we know that your situation might be not as bad as what I just went through. It might be way worse than what I went through. But wherever you're at, as long as it might take, as much as it might hurt, the thing you can know about Jesus is when he promises peace, that promise will come to pass. It's not just a possibility like maybe. It might take a while. It might hurt a little bit. But Jesus is promising, I'm the prince of peace, and it is going to happen in your life. So let me talk to you guys about the different types of peace that there are that we find in Scripture. And there's kind of three types that really worry us the most. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and then peace with other people. Kind of falls, everything falls into those categories. Peace with God. Let's talk about the peace we get from, from having a relationship with God. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 5.18, and he's talking about all the benefits that we get from knowing Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. And when he talks about peace, he says this, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Now, this is what we got to be real clear with, is that peace is one of the greatest gifts that God gives. One of the greatest gifts. Like, peace is such an amazing gift. And here's the thing. You didn't earn it. You couldn't make it happen. You couldn't work at it. I heard a preacher say that oftentimes in our different cultures and religions, we try to make peace offerings to the higher, higher being or to our God out there. We try to make a peace offering. The reality is, God says, no, you can't make a peace offering to me. I already made one with you. That's what Jesus is all about, is God reaching out to us to make peace with us, to offer it through Jesus. And so you need to know how good of a, of a gift it is to have right relationship and peace with God. It's better than the iPhone 11. Anybody who wants that for Christmas? iPhone 11, three cameras. It's pretty cool. AirPods. Who's got AirPods in here? You guys know? You guys are behind the times. AirPods, the wireless app. Yeah. Read some CNET or something. I don't know. But one of the best gifts is AirPods. But listen to this. The gift of peace with God, it's better than a new Toyota Tacoma. Like, I, that was a tough one for me. I was like, mm, truck or God? No, I think it's honestly true. The peace with God, to have a right relationship with God, it's better than a Tesla. You guys seen the Teslas? Those are made, not the truck. The truck looks like a Lego. But like the real <laughs> Tesla car? Listen, I, I have some people that were driving in the mainland with a friend that owns a Tesla, driving the Tesla on the freeway, driving. They're in the back seat. And suddenly the guy, as he's driving, turns around and just starts talking to him. Hey, guys, so tell me about your life. The car is still driving itself down the freeway. That's incredible. Peace with God is better than a Tesla. I'm just telling you that right now. You need to know that. Why? And here's why. Because when you have a relationship with God, 
because of what Jesus did to make peace with God, suddenly the God of the entire universe, the one that has unlimited resources, that created everything, suddenly through Jesus Christ and what he did, now that God is on your side. In fact, he's not just your friend and he's on your side. He calls himself your dad, your father, and he loves you and he's on your side. So you could say, oh, a gift is pretty nice. No, peace and right relationship with God is better than anything that we could ever hope for or dream of. And it's not just that God loves you because we always hear that word, but did you know that God actually likes you? Are you you aware of that? How many of you guys know there's a difference between just saying you love someone because you have to and actually liking them? You guys know that, right? You got friends that you're like, I love them because I have to, but I don't like them. I don't like that guy, right? And here's what God says. I actually like you. I think you're cool. I love the way I created you. And I'm doing my best to send my son down there because I want to have peace with you. I want to hang out with you. That's how cool it is to have peace with God, to know purpose in your life, to know that he's on your side. He's got your back. He's not condemning you, but he's there to help fix what's broken in your life. So peace with God, man, that's huge. That's eternal. Secondly, we all are looking for peace with ourselves. I'll tell you this. I'm looking for peace with myself. And actually, in God, I found peace with myself in whatever circumstances. Here's a verse in Colossians where Paul writes. He says, um, let the peace that comes from God rule in your hearts. That's, that's not saying let the peace of Christ rule over all of you as a collective group. He's saying, no, let it rule individually, specifically, personally in your heart. In other words, that you would have peace with who you are, who you personally are created to be. He says, for members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful See, the kind of peace that I can hope for with knowing Jesus is peace in who I am because God says I'm doing better than I think I am because I can look at myself and I can, I can bum myself out. I compare myself to other people. I look at the gifts, the talents, the money, the whatever it is I have, and I, ah, I'm just not good enough. Then it can spiral me into insecurity, to self-doubt. Some of you guys know this stuff, anxiety, stress, depression, even suicidal thoughts. You know, there's so many people I talk to in counseling that are struggling with wanting to take their own life because they just feel like they don't count, they don't matter, no one sees them, they're of no value. And see, when you find peace with God, what he's saying is he's trying to say, no, I value you. You need to love yourself the way that I love you. Like you need to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, not be bummed out or ashamed, but to realize you're doing the best you can with what you got. And that's enough for what God is saying in your life. See, when I understand that God's proud of me and, and I have peace with him, then I realize I'm just doing the best I can with what I got, and that's enough, and that's okay, and that's good. I don't know how I ended up being a pastor, honestly. I don't know how anybody would trust me with a stage and a microphone to think that I could say anything good to anybody in their life. I'm like a surfer kid that grew up in Kailua, graduated from Kalaheo, Kalaheo Mustangs. Where are we? Come on, Kalaheo people. Yeah, all right. We got a few in the house. This doesn't work too good. What if I said castle? Castle! Yeah, see? We're in the 4-4, so I'm like outnumbered. But I understand this. I'm just a surfer kid from Kailua that grew up, and I said at some point, God, I just love you, and I want to follow you. And I don't know what you could do with my life, but let's just see what happens, and I'm just going to trust you. If I have peace with you, and you're going to show me how to have peace with whoever I am, then I'm just going to go for it and be along for the ride. And God does great things. And I want you to understand that because of this peace that Jesus offers, is that we can have peace with who we're created to be. Am I perfect? No way. Do I make mistakes? All the time. Am I learning every single day? Absolutely. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better son of God. I want to be a better, hopefully, husband someday. My story's not over yet. There's a lot going on. But what I understand is I'm doing okay right where I am because I have peace with God. He gives me peace with myself. Isn't that a good thought to think about? You can just be 
proud of who you are. The third piece that we get is peace with others. This is important. Ephesians 2.16 says, Christ brought us together. See, that's his job, to bring people together. He brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. This is what's so cool about the other kind of peace we need is peace with other people. When you say yes to Jesus, man, he, he knows that he can restore and fix your relationship. At the very least, he can improve your relationship. It may be that God does the full, amazing restoration process, and the two of you that are, you have tension, you feel like betrayed, you have gossip, you have love loss or whatever between you, that God could say, because of Jesus, choose my way, and you guys will both learn to love each other, and it'll all work out. But that's not necessarily always the case. It may be that you still have people that just don't like you, and they're never going to like you. Anybody got critics in their life? Like the chirpers that are always talking about you, chirp, chirp, chirp in your ear, right? We hate Carl. Oh, he's so dumb. He's not a good pastor. He's ever. Anybody got those, those chirpers in their life? Anybody? You do? If you're not raising your hand, you're the chirper. I'm just saying, like, we all got them. Just kidding. Don't be offended. It's Christmas Eve. But there, there's always going to be those people. But listen to this. Jesus came down to be the Prince of Peace so that he could fix relationships like that. So even if those people are going to keep on doing their business, at least you can learn to get close to God, and it'll make your relationship better and closer to other people. They may always still like that, stay like that, but you don't have to hold that in your heart. You don't have to walk around bitter. You don't have to, to be that way. So listen, Jesus came to give peace with others. The closer you get to God, the closer you can get to other people. So here comes a million-dollar question, and we're going to kind of press into this. I got two things to tell you. The million-dollar question is this. Oh, you might say, that's cool, Pastor Carl. God's doing some good stuff in your life. Yeah, good. Okay, great. Okay, yeah, you're right. I do need peace with God. I do need to know purpose. I do need peace with myself because I don't think very highly of myself. I do need peace with other people because I got a lot of people on the scrap. I get it. That's really good. But here's a million-dollar question. How do I get that peace? What do I have to do to get that peace? And I'm going to give you two thoughts. The first one is simple, and it rhymes. It's this. Don't grumble. Be humble. Don't grumble, be humble. This is the first thing that you can do to get peace. How do I know this? Not because I thought it up, but because the Bible talks about this. Paul writes this in Philippians 4, 6. He says this, don't worry about anything. In other words, stop stressing. Stop grumbling about everything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, here's the promise, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know what that's saying? Don't grumble. Stop dwelling on the problem. Stop focusing on the problem. Stop thinking that you're going to figure it out, that you're smart enough, that you're good enough, and you're going to worry yourself into fixing that problem. You're going to do all this. Stop focusing on that. Stop grumbling on that problem. It says don't worry about anything. Here's what you need to do. Let go of your worry. Let go of your stress. Let go of your ego. Let go of all of your plans to think you can fix your problem. Stop grumbling about it and humble yourself enough to know I don't have all the answers. In other words, nobody in this room here tonight is the smartest person in the world. Did you know that? You might think you are, right? Turn to your neighbor really quickly and very gently and very kindly because it's the holiday season and just tell them, hey, you don't know everything. Go ahead, feel free. Just share that bit of knowledge. But then follow it up with, Merry Christmas. You don't know everything. We need to be reminded of this stuff, don't we? Yeah, nope, I do know everything. No, you... You need to know this, and, and this is the thing. When you let go of thinking you know everything, it's actually very freeing because all the pro problems, all the troubles, all the clogged toilets, all the whatever it might be, you're basically making a decision to say, yeah, it happened, yeah, it's real. 
but I don't need to let that stuff stick to me in my life. I don't need to let those problems, because we all have the friend that every time you see them, they bring up the thing that happened to them like 14 years ago, right? Well, I was just saying this. You're like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm never answering this guy's calls again. Like, I don't want to hang out with him. Don't be that guy. Don't be the person that something bad happens and you just continue grumbling, grumbling, grumbling because you think you can fix it by just talking about it all the time. It's like, let some of that stuff go. Here's a lesson I learned from being a, a new single guy in my apartment in Kaneohe right now. I'm learning how to cook, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I'm learning how to cook. And I, I found out that there's all these really cool kitchen tools and gadgets that I never knew existed. Did you guys, have you guys ever heard of a nonstick pan? It must have just come out. It's amazing. Like you cook stuff and it doesn't stick to it. It's like crazy. So I bought one and I'm cooking a meal the other day. Like one of my favorites, Vienna sausage. Come on, Vienna sausage lovers. Hawaii people, we love canned meat, don't we? Spam, Vienna sausage. So I'm eating, I'm cooking Vienna sausage on the stove in my pan. I'm like, oh, this pan's pretty cool. I'm cooking it all up. And then I walk away. I just forget because the cooking thing's new to me, right? So I leave it on there. And I walk away, use a bathroom or something, clog the toilet. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then I come back and I'm like, oh no. And there's all my little Viennas. And they're just all black. And they're just like little Yule logs. You know, they're just like cooking and they're stuck to my pan and it's disgusting. And I'm like, ah, what do I do? What do I do? This is going to be terrible. I just ruined my new pan. So I get my little spatula thing. You guys got to hear this. This really works. I get my spatula and I go to scrape my Vienna sausage off the pan, and they pop right off. I'm like, what? This is amazing. Who did this? Like, who invented this non-sick pan? And it's the greatest thing ever in my life. And I'm like, this pan is amazing. You guys got to try this thing. Like, and all my Viennas, I salvaged a couple of them and ate them. But then God downloaded this message to me. This is deep wisdom. Listen to this. You can write this down. You can tweet this later. But here's what God said. Carl, in life, be like a non-sick pan. Boom, right there. There's the download for you. Christmas Eve 2019, be like a nonstick pan. And here's what God was saying in the context, so you don't think I'm weird, but here's what it is. In our lives, there's always a potential mess. There's always a potential for something to go wrong, to blow up, to cause confusion, to cause hurt, anxiety, anger, whatever it might be. But you can choose to say, that's a potential mess, but I'm not going to let it be a problem. Nonstick pan. I'm going to let those, I'm not going to dwell on them. They're still there. I got to do something about it, but I don't have to let it stick to me. Amen? Does that make sense? Now, here's the second thing, because with those problems, you got to put the problems somewhere, right? Now, here's my second point. First, don't grumble, be humble. Secondly, this, just take a step towards Jesus. Take a step towards the Prince of Peace. Jesus himself said this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight: 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. In other words, peace. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest or peace for your souls. Here's the ultimate answer to finding peace and to understanding that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Yeah, don't grumble, don't let nothing stick to you, but who do you turn to? Turn to the one source that is capable of handling all of that junk in your life. Turn to the one that says, if you just come to me, that's all Jesus is doing. He's not all religious. He's not, he's not shaking his finger at you, telling you to be holy and perfect and all of this stuff. He's literally just saying, hey, come. Come over here. Come hang out with me. I'm going to show you some stuff. I'm going to show you how you give your stuff to me. I'll take it, and you're going to find peace, peace that the world will never understand. Just take a step towards me. What does that step look like? I don't know. Your step's different from my step. Could be a first step is tonight you showed up in church, and you haven't been before or you haven't been in a long time. 
well done. You took a step towards finding peace in Jesus. And maybe you want to decide, I'm coming back next week. This church is pretty cool. The pastor's a little weird, but I like the music. It's pretty cool. I'll be back. There's a step, taking a step towards peace that can only be found in Jesus. Some of you guys, maybe you need to open up the greatest selling book of all time that offers more wisdom than any other book. Get that Bible out and find, wow, this thing speaks about peace in my life. Maybe some of you, it's like me. I went through a rough season, and all I did all the time in this season is I turned on YouTube on my TV, and I put in all of the Christian music worship. I put in Hillsong and Bethel and Elevation and all of these different things, and all I do is just feed on, on the words and the songs and the praises of God, and in my car and in my AirPods, because I got them. They're cool. In my AirPods, I'm just listening constantly. That's my step, but what's your step? Maybe you hang out with some Christian people rather than some other people. I don't know what your step is, but I'm telling you this. You want to find peace? It's, it's not just a possibility. It's a promise, but you got to take a step towards Jesus. Anyways, here's what, what I have to say in summary, is that peace that we can find in Jesus Christ, it's a promise and not just a possibility. I want us to pray right now, and we're just going to pray for a little bit of that peace in our lives. Let's bow our heads real quick. Lord, we thank you for promising us peace, that, that Lord Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he's a very model of peace. And, and actually, Father God, that is your way of making peace with us as you actually came chasing after us by sending your son to come down to this earth to be born in that manger. Lord, that is the Christmas story, that this little child would grow up and be the savior of the world if we would acknowledge him and if we would come his way. And Lord, he literally went to that cross to pay the price for our sin, not because he did anything wrong. He took the hit so we don't have to. And he died on that cross and he put all the sin and the guilt and the baggage and the issues and all the, the, the guilt and mistakes that we've made. He said if we would believe in him, then he would die for all of those things and he put that to death once and for all. And then he did what only the Son of God can do, is he didn't stay dead. He came back from the dead. He overcame death and life itself and he did that to overcome all of our sin and shame and all of that stuff so that we could be made right with you. And Lord, if we would just believe that and accept that message, then we can know what real peace is all about for all of eternity. And Lord, a lot of us, we need to just kind of come back and take a further step towards you tonight. Some of us have been Christians all of our lives, and we, we've kind of been wandering off. We need to take a step back towards you a little bit tonight. So whatever that looks like, Lord, would you empower us and help us to do that? And actually, if there's anybody here tonight that you've never taken the first and greatest step towards finding peace, and by that I mean that you've never really honestly decided and taking an intentional prayer step to say, God, here's my life. I want to follow you. I want you to be my God. I give you permission to be the Lord of my life. If you've never done that before, that is the greatest step, the greatest first key that you need to do to find out how good God really is. And I want to give you just a quick opportunity tonight to do that, to pray a prayer that you would be telling God in your heart, God, I want to follow you. God, I'm saying yes to everything you have planned for my life. I believe in who Jesus is, and Lord, I want that peace that you came to give. And so if that's you, I would love to pray that prayer with you, and here's how we're going to do it. It's actually pretty simple, but it's deep. And it's simple because I'm going to pray the words out loud for you and with you, and I'm not going to make you pray them in front of all these people. You might be kind of scared. There's a lot of people here tonight. But what I'm giving you the opportunity to do is that you would take the words that I'm saying, and you'd make them your words to God in your heart of hearts right now that you'd pray along with me quietly under your breath. No one needs to hear you, but in your heart, you're telling God, God, I'm all in. I want to follow you. I believe in Jesus and, and who he is, a prince of peace. I don't know everything yet, but I want to take this step of faith. And if you would do that with me, then God's going to change your life. He's going to meet you where you're at, and you're going to see. He's going to do some really cool stuff and, and begin to change you through his power in you. But let me ask you one thing. 
If you'd like to say that prayer with me, can I just ask real simply that you would let me know? And here's the way to let me know. No one else is looking in this room. No one else sees you. But I would love for you to let me know that I get the privilege of praying with you this prayer by you telling me, by simply doing one thing right now, would you just raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Carl, I need God in my life. I want to follow him right now. Can you go ahead and raise those hands if there's anybody here tonight as I look around? Any hands coming up in this room? I see a hand back there. I see a hand right in front. I see a guy over here. Praise God. I see you over there. There's another hand. Someone on the side. I got you. I see someone there. I'm looking around. I just want to make sure I saw you. You need to know you've been seen. Praise God for all those people. Good, good. Thank you, Lord. And if that was you, put your hand down and just make this the prayer of your heart right now. God, I'm here tonight and I need you. Lord, I want you. I'm tired of living this life on my own. It's not working out so hot. I need some help here. I believe you're bigger, you're better, you're stronger, and you love me. You like me. You're not here to condemn me or make me feel bad about myself. You're here to help me, to fix me, to forgive me, to heal me, to love me. And God, that's what I want right now. So Lord, I'm telling you right now, I believe in what Jesus is all about. He came to this earth as that baby at Christmas. And then he went to that cross and rose from that grave. And that's what Good Friday and Easter are all about. And so Lord, I'm all in right now. I'm telling you, I need you. I want you. Show me how to live my life from here on out. Lord, make me into that new creation you talked about. And please, God, give me some peace. Thank you for being my God from this day forward until I see you face to face in heaven one day. Thank you. And the church said, amen. Amen. Can we just praise God right now for people that made that decision? Amen.